We hoped it wouldn't come to this, but here we are, back to discuss Hawthorne's loss to the lowly Adelaide Crows. We know it's hard for Hawks supporters to ignore the negatives right now, but we're going to do our best to celebrate the good stuff and look at the lighter side of things right here on the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is my co-host, a man who's weighed up just where the club's at right now. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. How are you? You um, you recovered yet? Ah, oh, more or less. I'm just looking forward to what we do at the selection table. Well, it's all about the future. I think that's the bottom, don't you? Well, I thought it was last week. That's the thing. I really thought that we were going to make some interesting moves last week, and then when then we didn't, and you know, we were thinking, you know, Finn or win was our catch cry, <laughs> but uh, turns out we didn't do either. There were a lot of supporters who were questioning the uh, selections last week, and. Um... It's a bit argy-bargy online about it, but uh, look, with that kind of effort, you're just not going to win, so wasn't even about the selections in the end, I don't think. No, I think that's probably a fair comment, but look, we're, we're here to keep it light if we possibly can. We, we know it's tough losing to uh, the team that's dead certs for the wooden spoon, but there were some things that we did like about the game, and uh, I just want to say this right now, hats off to Jack Scrimshaw. Yeah, light and realistic. Scrimshaw <laughs> was very good for us wasn't he? You can see green buds in the team with Scrimshaw, can't you? You can. He, he's really stepped up in Sicily's absence, taken his game to a new level. Uh, against Adelaide, he finished with 22 touches, a game-high six intercept possessions, along with a team-high six marks. And uh, how about this as well? Registered 521 metres gained, and that places him among the league's elite uh, right here, I've got this note here saying that Sydney's Jake Lloyd actually currently leads that stat with an average of 526 metres. So uh, he's around the mark, isn't he? He is, and it's still remarkable to me just how much like Birchall he is. But <laughs> yeah. uh, he is, he's great to watch. I'm very excited for his career. I love the number on his back, <laughs> and I can get that jumper out again, I reckon, now. We heard from one of our listeners, Jared at Hawk Talk Pod. Great to see some of the young guys stepping up to the plate more. In particular, the game by Scrimmer this week reminded me of a young James Sicily. Forced to take more of the game on his own back, made a few skill errors, but will be all the better for it going forward. He raises a good point, Jared. You've got to remember that Jack Scrimshaw is still pretty young. Pretty inexperienced. I mean, he's older than than most of the young guys we consider but because uh, he had, has spent time at Gold Coast. But that is exactly the type of recruiting effort we need in future. Absolutely. Guys that have been overlooked on, on other lists. And um, that was something, because I was trying to think of positives to bring to the pod this week because uh, the Clarko presser was pretty angry and intense and, well... Um, didn't sell us much hope for the next few weeks, but um, but then Jack Gunston, I thought, came out and uh, what did he do? Pour, pour oil on the water there? He gave us something a little bit different, didn't he, Jack? And that's uh, kind of to his credit. I mean, you just can't take him for granted, can you? That's what season 2020 has taught us. Since round five, he's registered at least a goal in every game he's played. And on this occasion, he finished with three goals again for the fourth time this season. But uh, as you mentioned, Tiz, it was his interview post-match that really uh, you know, pricked our ears up. Clearly, he's in a tough position. He knows what's at stake. He knows who's watching as well. And, you know, he was clearly flat and disappointed. But without being melodramatic, Tiz, it, it's good that he didn't oversell it. It's not the end of the world or anything like that. Uh, he acknowledged the supporters, which is a big tick for me. He reassured us that the playing group isn't just cruising through or sitting on their hands. They're, they are actually taking this seriously. That was a big tick for me because that's what we need to hear. Because sometimes you look at a few of them and it doesn't look like the losses are really impacting them very much. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was uh, refreshing, Gunston's post-match uh, performance here and you know outlining what they're going to try to do to turn things around and also I think and, and this is a big one for me as well talking about um, supporting the younger players and acknowledging the failures of the older guys including himself as a leader of the team and and understanding that you know We've got to get around the young guys. We've got to protect them and nurture them through their careers as well. And uh, I thought that was great to hear. So for me, uh, Gunners over the last month has really put up his hand for a leadership, standout leadership position next year, Um, especially in the absence of Sicily. Uh, He's been one of the, well, the the leaders out on the park who's made the most of his chances and and sort of uh, 
Jeez, he's, he's tried to do his best. Well, he's made a habit of representing the club well on the field, and this is an example of him representing the club well off the field as well, which is exactly what we need right now. And, you know, current co-vice-captain, you wouldn't think of promotions out of the question. I'd be for it. I support that notion. He's one guy that's going to be able to hold his head high at the end of this season. And that's with three games to play. I probably could have said that last week or the week before, but I think he's had a good 2020. And uh, few and far between the players we could say that about. I think another thing that sort of came up for me with this uh, with this post-match interview is like, it was very captainly, so it makes you wonder where our captain is. Yeah, I don't know that we need to go down this path again. I mean, he had a terrible game. I want to be clear, I had no particular interest in discussing the finer points of Ben Stratton's game. I think it was plain to see what went right and what went wrong with his game, especially um, supporters were plenty critical of uh, some of the moments in that Adelaide clash. But I don't know, it's a little bit odd to me that the most visible that Ben Stratton's been lately is when he hits 200 games. Well, he did. He had a different role in that game too. But uh, there were some strange decisions to put um, Burgoyne back onto the last line of defence. We haven't seen that in a while, and for that to do that against Adelaide seemed pretty um, stupid, <laughs> if that's the right word. I mean, you're just asking for trouble. There were odd decisions. I mean, I, I want to circle back to something you said earlier in the show where we can't pin everything on the selection, but I thought managing Shields but then not replacing him with a midfielder was interesting considering our midfield is sort of the area on the ground that's been consistently smashed. I thought that left us wide open and um, certainly we didn't really look any better for it, would you say? No, well, the Crouch boys, well, we played them into form really. Were there any other um, highlights for you? I mean, if we're judging, because it looked like there was a third, a third, a third, there was a third, you know, there were... The success of the modern era, and then there was a third from the middle period where we've traded in um, to to fill that gap, and then a third was uh, younger talent. I, I felt as though Wingard tried and and he really like made a concerted effort to stamp his authority on the game. He was used differently as well. What did you think of Minchington? Again, like Wingard, more visible, but uh, he just didn't really help his cause, did he? There's a couple of glaring miss kicks, but. The endeavour, I'll give him that, the endeavour was there. I felt like he really cared. He certainly looked more likely this week than last week. Um, and they held him over, which was interesting, because I thought he might have been on the chopping block. But um, it seems like they're going to give him a run. Mitch Lewis, I think also, while he didn't do that much, he did more than in previous games. I know the bar is low, it is, but I saw a little bit. I'm like, okay... All right, I'll, I'll, I suppose I'll take that as a return game. There was some quick thinking to get uh, Wingard's second goal. Yes, nice little goal assist, that one. Yeah, but yeah, that was a head-in-hands moment for me. Oh, me too. It's just uh, <laughs> finally got the goal, but geez, we just lack some polish, and, and now we're heading up to the Gold Coast to play the Saints, so it's not going to get any easier. They're They're looking at trying to secure their spot in the eight. Yeah, coming off a bye as well. It'll be fascinating to see. Because a, it, it, a lot of this is about PR now, because I know we've had it very, very good. Like Hawthorne supporters have had it great for the last 15 years. But there's some financial pressure on a lot of members. And if they don't, you know... And it becomes a question of whether people are going to sign up again next year, I'm afraid. You know, it, it is a sacrifice for a lot of people. And uh, if the and and it doesn't even have to be a big amount of people that fall off the membership, but it has a big effect on the club. So what I'm saying and what I'm talking about here is they need to get the messaging right because people want to know what the plan is forward. And and Clarko showed his frustration in that presser by saying we don't know what the list is going to be like. How are we meant to plan? And because it's a compressed fixture, it, be, it all these things become. <laughs> very strange um and it, and it looks worse than it is to be quite frank because a lot of our players our inexperienced players aren't under 20 they've been doing a lot of hard yards in in box hill you're correct in saying that pr does become important i guess after you have that kind of loss it becomes super important to hear what the coach has to say and uh 
I mean, let, let's let's review what he actually said here. Uh, this is Clarko after the match. We need to give some young guys the opportunity, and we're starting to do that, but we just don't believe that you throw 10 or 12 young kids to the Wolves straight away. We'll do it bit by bit when we think they're physically ready and when they're emotionally and mentally resilient enough to be able to cope with the demands of the game. Yeah, he's in a, he's in a position where he can't win, really, at the moment. And I don't mean on field. I mean, any of these decisions, they're going to look... It's kind of like every leader in this COVID period, everything's going to look bad before it gets better. Anyway, I think there's enough loyalty in and commitment from our fans. It's just that we've got to be careful in, in, in how, we, um, how we approach this period. We've got to look for... Even... Even talking about this stuff, I mean, is it really going to change how you operate if you know how many are coming off the list at the end of the year? Like, aren't you still going to try and see exactly what you've got on the list anyway and what you're going to cull? How does it differ from this year to... Do you understand what I mean? Is it really going to change your operations now, knowing how short... And the other thing is, imagine all the teams in finals (laughs) getting told that 10 are going to come off the list... Good luck with the, uh, you know, the emotion and mental resilience of those players. They honestly can't announce that until after the grand final. No, they can't. But you know, it's a, it's a fair point that Clarko brings up. But you know, I frequently forget myself that there are changes on the way with list sizes. So when I'm advocating for how we spend the next three games, it's, it's the position I take up is not with that in mind. I I tend to forget that there that there's this revolution on the way and that we're going to see a fair few guys fall off and those spots permanently erased. Um, what I want to say about this is, if there are that many guys falling off the list, this could be a really, really quick rebuild. Yes, yeah. Because there's a lot of talent falling off other lists, right? Unless you just, unless you just chuck out all the guys who are old, right? There's going to be some young guys who are access to requirements in certain positions, certain roles at other clubs that would definitely fit well in at Hawthorne. The mistake for Hawks fans here would be to think that it's zoom and gloom when it's not. You've got to see this as an opportunity. And I know a lot of fans, particularly in our community online, on our socials, they have a fair few of our players in the gun already that they're expecting will either retire or they're advocating for their delisting or you trade them or whatever. They're thinking that to, you know, however many it's going to be, let's say 10, and we have a question on this later, um, those 10 guys going off, that's another 10 from another club. So Hawthorne, you talk about Hawks, we've got to turn into vultures, mate. We've got to turn into picking at the bones and seeing what we can pick up to bring into our club if we possibly can. Because as you say, there's going to be some talent floating around that other clubs haven't got the best out of that we might be able to use. See, now that would be terrible PR, to go with the word vulture. Yes. What you want to say is providing new opportunities. <laughs> oh, wow. I feel like I'm in an episode of uh, Utopia or The Hollow Men. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's true. That's, uh, that's how we need to look at this. And uh, another part of me feels that uh, some of these blokes are getting picked every week to get them some more money because they're on low pay this this season. And um, if they've got uh, playing fees as well, you know, these guys, if they're in their last year, they probably need all the cash they can get. It's true enough. Uh, speaking of all this PR stuff, um, we heard from Jeff, of course, who wrote us a letter. Jeff writes, I just want to remind you all that we at Hawthorne have been in this position before, citing 2005, he goes on. None of the other times we've been in this position. <laughs> It is not the time to overreact, but for wise heads to do what is necessary for 2021. So to all Hawkers, hang in there. We have a challenge ahead and we will together rise to meet the new year. He's looking to keep everyone looking. He doesn't want the club to pull apart from the inside. And that's what can happen with the pressure of this of these moments and the whole pressure of the whole year. You know, it's not, it is so out of the box that like we said last time, the decisions you make, you know, you is it maybe you're being too emotive? Is this so far outside of the normal that you can't use it to make decisions? It's an interesting balance, isn't it? Because, yeah, you can overreact. But then I think, as we've discussed in previous pods, I think I'd hate for us to be too conservative. And that that might we still might have a little bit of that in the DNA of the club at the moment. We're still hanging on to something. 
where me personally, my position is I'm excited for a rebuild. Like I want that to happen ASAP. I'll tell you what though, you don't chuck out what's been successful readily. Okay, we've been very successful for a long time. We don't want to lose that model. Okay, so we can't have too much change. We want to keep that model, that structure, and change parts. You know, there needs to be some new growth come through. Um, It seems like we've just been non-competitive against a few styles of football for the last three years, so that needs to change. Um, You know, some of our line coaches might change, and there's also been a lot of change in our development team. So... There's enough change anyway, Nick, without, <laughs> without really forcing much more. Uh, it's going to be very different next year. I think this offers up a nice, neat transition into our miscellaneous listener questions. First cab off the rank being from Alana here at Hawk Talk Pod. Is it time to let Burgoyne go and give him an off-field position for the club? Uh, there's not many of them going, to be honest. The off-field positions have been dramatically reduced. So, um, uh, look... Burgoyne didn't look too good on Tuesday night. He got shown up a couple of times. But um, if anybody is staying on the list over 33, it's probably him. Yeah, yeah. He's not my first in the gun, I'll say that, about Burgoyne. Can I just stress here that in the complete absence of any way to farewell these heroes, um, the club needs to just put out something that we're going to do something for them next year. Right? If they do fall off the list, we need to have some way of celebrating their careers. Yeah, with the announcement that we're that they're no longer continuing, maybe add something that, yeah, well, we understand it's important for fans and, and for the players themselves to get a farewell. Exactly. This is very important for, for fans. And I think to say that they will be doing something like that next year, they don't have to name names, mm. right? That they will be doing something like that, it would be good. Takes a bit of the pressure off. I think it's a very simple and good cultural thing to do for the club. It strengthens the culture. And that's what will bring us back, you know, the Hawthorne culture. That's the thing that will make us rise quicker than other clubs. I think so. Uh, we heard from Jordan, just following on from that Burgoyne question. Uh, he just wants us to relook at a question submitted from July. Do you think it was an oversight re-signing Burgoyne? Asks Jordan at Hawk Talk Pod. What do you reckon, Tiz? No, I think he's been good for some of those young players in the forward line. He hasn't been pushed out of the side too often, so he might be regretting his decision not to go to Gold Coast. He probably would get a game there and they'd have a few more wins, but um, for us, I'm glad he stayed. Yeah, I'm pretty much at peace with that decision. I don't really think about it ever. Like, oh, has he gone on too long for us? No. I I mean, we weren't saying that when he put one through from 55 the other week, were we? (laughs) That's the thing. With an old body like that and playing these compressed fixtures... um, He's just not going to come up as quickly. Speaking of hindsight, what about this one from PK? Have the O'Meara and Wingard trades worked out? Four draft picks gone and Ryan Burton. What are your thoughts? Hindsight is a beautiful thing, I know. Well, imagine the team without Wingard or O'Meara. <laughs> well, yeah, I was waiting for you to make that point. Yeah. It's all swings and roundabouts. Um, we might have got butters. We may not have, you know... We could have picked someone else. You could say it is. It was a real sliding doors moment. This is the other thing Clarko was going on about in the presser, that this draft is so heavily compromised by new generation academies and also academies devoted to clubs in uh, Queensland and New South Wales. And by the time, uh, if Hawthorne were to get pick four or pick three, it turns up being, you know, pick six or pick seven anyway. It's one of those years where it's a little rich of the... Uh... The footy media to wheel out their old catch cry of Clarko doesn't want to go to the draft. He should go to the draft. It's like, yeah, well, maybe any other year. <laughs> this is just not the best best time for it. So you can see why Clarko would be frustrated with that outside chatter and, and having to defend himself. He's well within his rights to defend himself. Well, nothing's ever that simple, is it? Nothing's ever that simple. Go to the draft get better or dive down the ladder for a little while and get better. It just doesn't happen that naturally. People talk about it like it's a natural cycle. It's bloody hard to get off the bottom of the ladder because, for one, players don't want to be playing for you if they can't see a, a good future, so they leave. And on the and on the other hand, you've got um, you're getting all these high draft picks, but, you know, they're all kids. So 
you just I'm very pleased and I hope that Clarko stays. I'm sure we'll get on to, to more about Clarko in just a moment. Uh, circling back to the O'Meara and Wingard thing, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I don't think either have really hit their best. They've shown flashes, but uh, I think the ceiling is still there. And I take that as a positive, personally. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they've still got... The, the best is yet to come, and, and that could be said of the team as well. So... Who knows? Who knows what we see from them in 2021? I, I I think he gets a lot better from here. There's a bit about Wingard and about Jager that is, uh, you know, they're the they're the finish. They're the icing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we do, we just don't have enough um, workmanlike behaviour from much of our list at the moment. Now, I think that's a nice transition into a question from SW Perth. Uh, the first of his questions, actually, uh, at Hook Talk Pod, clearly centre bounces are an issue. Is this Sam Mitchell not being able to teach what he could do so well? Oh, well, that's a perfect question. And um, you do have to wonder. Um, he was obviously ridiculously good at, at West Coast. Something was right there. Um, but uh, there has been, you know, I think Tom Mitchell still playing below his potential. I also think the mix isn't too good. They're also all at the same pace, and they play very stim- similar game style. So, you know, we need we need to mix it up there. We need a big barreling, hulking midfielder. To be honest, what do you reckon? Like an eighteen, nineteen year old? Um, yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> oh come on, that was the perfect plug for Finn McGuinness. Yeah, I don't know that he's that kind either. But um, you know, every now and again. Essendon refuses to do this kind of stuff as well. We've got a very similar dynamic in our midfield now. I would say on Sam Mitchell, it's uh, it's a little too early to call. There's just there's a lot going on this season, isn't there? And the communication between all the lines, let alone the the isolated performance of the midfield, it would suggest to me that it, <laughs> our problems don't squarely fall in the lap of Sam Mitchell. It's there's just a lot. I do think our setup for some of the Moments in that match were deplorably bad. Not even just that match. I saw hallmarks of some of our other losses in there as well, and I'm just like, what are they thinking? What what is what is Mitchell telling him? What what is the what's the game plan? What's the strategy that they're trying to do? I just this is where you need to be in the inner sanctum, eh? This is where you need that expertise because I, as a viewer, as just a passionate fan, I can't see it. I will say this: if you don't get your hands on the ball first, it doesn't matter what your plans are. You're done. Yeah, can't win the footy. You're probably not going to win the game. Now, uh, SW Perth's other question was about the uh, the forward line. At Hawk Talk Pod, how does a forward function with our ball movement? It seems a fairly reasonable question at this point, being that we're, we're just past round 15. We're almost at the end of the season. And, you know, when John Patton is on the park, which granted is rare, he hasn't been able to do much for us. Mitch Lewis just has had nowhere near the success on field as he had last year. And Tim O'Brien, after all these years, is still Tim O'Brien. But then you've got the rest of the forwards that just are really just scrapping to make any impact at all. So how does a forward function with our ball movement? I think the ball movement has to factor into it, don't you think, Tiz? Um, the most important in thing in setup play and in forward play is being able to recognise the rhythm of the football, and there is no rhythm to how we attack at the moment. And we know how good Bruce is as a player and being able to predict the ball coming in. And there was a moment in that match where he was still trying to push off his opponent to create space when the ball arrived. And he he, he certainly didn't expect it to go long to him as quickly as it did. So that's just indicative of... uh, It's a bit of maturity... It's a bit of um, not being able to train as, as much as they can. There's there's so much fog about this stuff that it might just clear over the summer. That was exactly my point with all the Mitchell stuff. And in terms of moving the ball and getting it to our forwards, uh, so many games this season, I'm like, do they want to be kicking it down the line? Like the opposition, The opposition wants us to kick down the line. Do we want to kick down the line? Do they know that they don't have to? But you watch Brisbane and you watch Geelong and you see them blocking in the marking contests and they find a way to give each other space. And it just doesn't seem that Hawthorne are able to do that. They don't 
It doesn't happen. And this is why I keep saying, I've said it on previous podcasts, where it's got a whiff of back to the drawing board about it. I think whatever we're trying, we need to tinker with in the off-season. And I think one off-season could be enough strategically to build again and get something right. But for whatever reason, 2020 hasn't worked out for us. We just bin 2020. We just forget it and start again. That's how I would approach it. Yeah, for, for the most part. And that's not to say that there haven't been gains and, and positive things out of this season that we can run with. Uh, we'll get to that a bit later. I know we've got questions about that. I guess we should turn our attention to Alistair Clarkson. We heard from uh, one of our listeners, Carlo, who wants to know, do you think Clarkson is going to see out his contract? Oh, yeah, I think so. I did, I did read a couple of comments that... Uh, <laughs> His selections, which is done by panel, by the way, but his selections were trying to force the club's hand to to give him the axe. I thought that was hilarious. That's a little too extreme for me. There's some odd stuff cruising around on the interwebs. People need to think of this stuff to, to make sense of what they're saying. Hawthorne fans aren't used to this. We're just not. I mean, we've been bad in the last few years since the 3 P. We've had our moments, sure. 2017 is pretty bad. But um, this is what all football fans do. When your team is not travelling well and when it looks like the season's done, you start looking at little things. It's like, oh, I think we're tanking. It's like, well, maybe, or, or maybe we're just not that good. Maybe we're trying our guts out and it's just not coming together. So I think it's a case of fans wanting to cling, clinging to what they need to cling to in some cases. No, I think he's, he's honourable enough to see the contract out, don't you, Nick? I think that's part of who he is. Oh, exactly right. You, you can't question the man's character. I mean, I would expect... I would be shocked. I'd be shocked and, uh, yeah, I would say disappointed if, if for whatever reason he's decided to step away. But I just don't see it happening. We know Clarkson very well by now and uh, he'll see this through. Uh, if 2022 is the end, then, you know, so be it. But he'll make it there. And what about this question from uh, Stewie Bro? I think I've worked out Clarko's plan. Drive the Hawks to a low point not seen in many a year, then work some magic and drive back up the ladder in a blaze of glory culminating in a flag grab and, get this, the big prize, claim the Coach of the Year award. Yes, well, that is missing from the cabinet, isn't it? Inexplicably. (laughs) It's still ludicrous. It gets more and more ludicrous by the year. Mind you, he'd probably cost more with one of them, so he should be grateful. (laughs) Oh, look, that would be... It'd be his magnum opus, wouldn't it? (laughs) If that's what's happening, if we are really in that arc, which we won't know until it happens, if we're in that timeline where a a regeneration is on the cards, it would be one of the great stories in Hawthorne (laughs) that everyone wrote us off, we'd bottomed out, Clarko can't go again, he's leaving the club, he'll go to GWS or whatever nonsense you want to make up, and then all of a sudden we're back. Stranger things have happened, listeners. You just never know. Now, MG asks, does Clarko seriously think he can rebuild this team without going to the draft? I understand it's compromised to a degree, but how can we possibly continue trying to trade in quality with how we're performing? Now, this is a very good question because we've missed out on, what, our last four free agent targets? So it's not like we're humming along as a beautiful destination club right now. No, no. This is all old news, really. Uh, Hawthorne not being able to attract quite the the player that they want, but sort of approximating what they were after. Yeah, it's a very almost feeling about that as well. Shiver up my spine. I didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more almost in my life. Thanks very much. Didn't he take a great mark, though? Timmy. I'll pay that. I'll pay that. That was a beaut mark. That was sensational. He flew and he pulled it down and I enjoyed it very much. And I thought we were on. (laughs) You know, some things are good omens, but that one didn't count apparently. Um, Yeah, Hawthorne's not really a destination right now. You need to concede that. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I think we're still a very good option for many players. If you have players that are looking to glory grab, they're not coming to Hawthorne right now. If you're looking for the Tom Lynch who just wants to turn up and win a premiership, (laughs) they're not coming to Hawthorne. I I mean to rephrase it. It's just that uh, our standing as a destination club, you would say, has been diminished. I don't think that's too radical to assert. Rick says, do you think between now and the last game there will be a few retirement announcements? Um, I think it's very important for the club to get this right because, like we said earlier, we need to be able to celebrate their triumphs 
um, probably next year. I would expect that at some point, um, Paul Popolo would probably have to call it. It's been too long. He's just not in the frame at the moment. And I think Hawthorne wants it that way. I think the supporters want it that way. And look, it is sad, but it doesn't diminish his achievements across the journey. It's what what a wonderful player. What what a great servant for the club. Um, I just, I expect to hear about him in the next few weeks. Out of all the players, I, I think might call time. I would say that his is probably assured. That would be my expectation. Um, but I mean, between now and the last game, yeah, I mean, that's the way it goes. Like, that's every season, isn't it? We can expect ours and other clubs will have theirs. All right, load up your scotch glasses, listeners. This is the question we don't want. Morgan asks, list sizes to be cut to 40. We've got 47. Which 10 or more would you think are being cleared? A few retirees, so it's not as hard as it could be. Okay, that makes it a little bit easier, doesn't it, Nick? You've had a lot of glory, some of these players, so... He wants 10 minimum. I uh, I thought I'd step up to the plate. Now, you're right in saying this is the question that we didn't want, but it doesn't detract from the quality of Morgan's question because uh, it has to be thought about, it has to be considered, and it has to be considered by people with uh, more power to affect change than us. So, uh, look, I- I've had a go. It's, it's not nice, but um, I-, I tried to reach 10. 10 players who uh, will be cleared, okay? Now... I think this is a bit harsh. I could have been a bit harsher, but I, I would be keen to hear what listeners think. Puopolo, I think, will retire. Frawley, I'm not sure if he'll call time or not, but he would be my second name. Stratton, uh, Brooksby, I think is a pretty logical one. I think Tim O'Brien, we probably delist. Uh, Minchington, we delist. Henderson will retire. Glass, I just don't think he's shown enough for me. I don't think he's a he's a bad footballer, but I don't think he's the uh, the building block for the next wave. My next one is kind of forced. Um, Ross, Jackson Ross. We haven't seen him. I'm not sure we're going to in the next few rounds. It makes me think that maybe the club is going to get rid of him. So he's part of my 10. And the last one, which I, th- which I think is especially harsh because he's had some time, is uh, Harry Morrison. Yeah, I think that's pretty rough, to be honest. I would have. It's a lot of players. Ten. I'm only going by Morgan's question. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know how it's going to shake out. If I need to name ten, they're the ten I'm naming. That's all I'm saying, and I don't do it lightly. You're going to be called out because Nash is absent off your list here. Yeah, well, Nash was number eleven. Oh, yes, of course he is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Ah. <laughs> uh... The thing, the thing about Nash is, though, I so badly want it, want him to succeed. I don't think you understand that. Like, uh, I can be a Nash fanboy as much as you, mate. Like, I want Connor Nash to have a spot on this side. But, yeah, it's, it's knife's edge stuff, really. Yeah, well, I think Frawley's unlucky off that list. Um, I think O'Brien will probably be retained, to be quite honest. They've given him, put that much time into him. I'm not sure they're going to drop him. Is that where I interject with uh, sunk cost fallacy? Probably. <laughs> and, and the other one is Morrison. Morrison will be retained. So I would say you're adding Burgoyne to that list. If it's up to 10, you know, Burgoyne's gone. Um, probably Isaac Smith as well. You reckon? You reckon they won't retain Smith? Yeah, but you see, you can't. It's a, it's very, it's very tough. You can't lose this much experience, and that's 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 why he wants to know what's going on. But uh, in that case, um, when you look down this list, there's guys like Will Golds who's been robbed of an opportunity this year with an ACL. Yes, I was very close to having him as part of my 10 for that reason. And uh, Jake Kaczynski, you know, who ha- we haven't even seen. So it, it's very tough to make these decisions. There's going to have to be a second tier, I think. Like if Hawthorne have, and they're going ahead with their alignment with Box Hill, perhaps there's a way to keep players tethered and on a higher salary... Um, but have them playing in the second tier of competition. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Um, that wasn't easy, Morgan. Thank you for the question, but that was a bit of a harsh reality check about who I want at the club. I hadn't considered it in such stark terms. So there you go. And now the other thing to consider is if we're dropping 10 and everyone else is dropping 10, if we want to get some of the people that other other clubs have dropped, we have to 
drop more than 10. That's right, yes. Yeah, we might have to make a few more harsh calls. So it's all up in the air. Again, you, you can see Clarko's frustration. The club just wants to know what's going on. I'm surprised we haven't heard from any other coach or any other club about this because I guess it's easier when you're winning, hey? You don't have to worry about it as much. And basically... Every player at Adelaide has got a for sale sign over their head, so... <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they got up for our game. I really don't. But anyway. Adelaide played with purpose. It was, it was like they read the newspapers, they listened to the radio all week, they were told they're a good shot, you, you, Hawthorne's gettable, you can do this, and they played with a sense of belief accordingly. Why does that never happen the other way around? I always hear this <laughs> dynamic. Uh, yeah. Where everyone gets put in the paper before they play Hawthorne, and yet... Never seems to work for us. Yeah, never works for us. It's almost like people want us to lose, Tiz. Don't know why. It's very strange. <laughs> we heard from uh, one of our listeners, Kane Toad, uh, who wanted to ask about Stratton. Should Stratton get a contract in 2021? Well, we just covered that. For me, I believe no. Tiz, I suspect you think yes. Oh, there's a nice hospital hand pass. No, it's up in the air, and I'd, I'd back the club with what they decide there, but that's... Uh, He'd be very disappointed with most of his efforts this year, so if they think he can resurrect his career next year, I'd be shocked and impressed. Kane Toad adds, should I subject my family to Hawthorne on Sunday, live in person? Oh, yeah. If he's he's able to go to the game, I'd be going. Mate, I have sat through some of the worst Hawthorne sides, (laughs) right? And if I can sit through that and still come out the other side, brown and gold going through my veins... And, you know, you pick, a, you pick a bloke who you want to follow for the rest of his career. And there's plenty of good talent in Hawthorne's side at the moment that isn't coming to the top that eventually will, right? Scrimshaw's won. Hanrahan looks good in patches. There are some really able, talented, and, and very nice young men. Like, Bruce is a fantastic character of a man. At some clubs, you'll pick a player to follow and it'll turn out he's just a, you know, he's not a great guy, you know. Most of the guys at Hawthorne are pretty nice, relatable, they'll have a chat to you, you know. The culture of the club is the player uh, has to be set up for life after footy. And in most cases, they get that done and they get that done extraordinarily well. And this, this might be part of why we've struggled this year because we have... So much more going on than just football that being in a little fishbowl in another state, football, football all the time, we famously have our less contact hours across the AFL. And I don't think what happened this year was in any way good for our culture. No, and that's the way it shakes out. It was unfortunate that things have played out the way that they have, but I would agree. It hasn't suited us. Uh, going back to Kane Torrid's question, should I subject my family to Hawthorne on Sunday live and in person? Yeah, get down there. I'm going to speak for both of us here. We're a couple of Victorians. Uh, you should get out of the house. You should get out of the house and go to the game. <laughs> I will not have you sitting at home watching it like we have to. Because I know if we were allowed, if it was at the MCG, even given this season, it hasn't been our best season, clearly, I'd be there. I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, it's St Kilda and Rats is in charge and I love Rats. He was great for us. Terrific fella. So, you know, you can't you can't begrudge rats completely dismantling a Hawthorne side on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if we're as bad or we put in a performance as bad as we did against Adelaide. There'll be a lot of changes. And um, you know, there'll always be something exciting about a Hawthorne team. We're not gonna go to the Ross Line school of defensive football. So it'll still be in some ways watchable, if if not competitive. Now, if, if by this time Kane Toad isn't uh, persuaded to attend, he wants to know, does Metricon Stadium serve rum? I've been to Metricon. I love that stadium. It looks like a demountable, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they've got plenty of alcohol there. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine, Kane Toad. Brent asks, besides certain debutants, what else would you like to see this year? Frawley in the forward line? Hartley and Frost to cover the back line. McAvoy in the ruck. Oh, that's... Have you underlined that, Nick? (laughs) He says, let your imagination run wild. Let's see. I'd like to see Reeves as like a a street lamp. (laughs) As a kid, I used to, with the footy, I'd kick it on top of the corrugated iron roof and you wouldn't be able to tell which way it was going to fall when it came over the lip. 
right? And so you'd have to react and you... Yeah, you know. classic. We could do that, but with Reeves. Because <laughs> he, he just kicked the ball long to Reeves and he just sort of taps it down or at least it goes in. It, like a sprinkler, the ball would fall on either side of him. That could work. I, I would advocate for uh, more Chad in the middle. I'd try Nash on the wing. If he if he is going to get back into the side, that's where I'd play him. You could try CJ on the wing, like I was recommending for so many weeks. Uh, and I want to see Hartley as a swingman. Play back and forward. Yeah, Hartley can play forward. I mean, Kajitsky can play forward as well. Yep. Uh, what else would I like to see? Um, I'd like to see Walker play. I'd like to see Ross have a shot from a tight angle on the boundary. I think he will get his chance pretty soon, though, Ross. I'm uh, hearing that he will actually get selected this year. There you go. Well, Brent did say besides certain debutants, but, I mean, that, that puts some restrictions around, around that question because that's the, the first and foremost thing I want to see is just a couple of new faces that sort of get their go because God knows they've been working hard enough. Uh, we heard from Mouse, trying to be positive other than Will Day, who is the other positive to take you out of this year? You mind if I go first? Sam Frost. I'd have to go with Warple. Um, consolidating his form from last year. I thought he struggled early and he's certainly improved. He's shown that he still has it, you know? He's still got something, so that's good to see. I mean, it's hard to work through these bad patches and you got to applaud that kind of stuff. And we move on to Tony's question at Hawk Talk Pod. Apart from James Sicily, was there anything really lost for 2021 from this year's performance? Confidence, maybe, but the last 12 games before the slide were nine wins, three losses. It can turn again. Yeah, it's much harder to turn it the other way. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think there's been a terrible loss of uh, the capabilities of our wingmen. I think they've all fallen in a heap. Um, there's a lot of trouble working out what to do with our wings. Um, the ruck craft has deserted us. Uh, what else? It's pretty negative, a lot of that stuff, but it can be righted very quickly. He is correct. If the ball movement is improved, we look a hell of a lot better. And most of the reasons for our bad ball movement is the lack of uh, ability to, to train. It's as simple as that. be handy to have um, some guys getting experience in Box Hill, which might be a novelty uh, come 2021. We might see it finally once again. Uh, Box Hill Hawks welcomes the AFL's announcement last week regarding the reshaping of the second-tier competition in 2021. We heard from uh, Box Hill Hawks president Ed Sill, who declared, We're excited to collaborate with AFL Victoria, the AFL and fellow clubs, to reshape the country's premier second-tier competition. Importantly, in what remains a source of great strength and certainty, we look forward to continuing our 20-plus-year alignment with the Hawthorne Football Club. It's great. I love this. I love turning up to Box Hill, having a look at the Hawthorne players. So this is fantastic news to me. I think we should have just a little bit of fun with this, Nick. I've just opened up the AFL app to have a look at the current live game. I'm just going to show you over the Zoom the score line. Okay. Okay, yeah, you'd like that very much. How good is that? Sydney are beating Melbourne 44-16 to at half time. So if I go to the live ladder... <laughs> just bathing in it now, indulging in it. They could go past us, Nick. That's another step on the rung to a better draft pick that we can trade. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was going to add that we heard from uh, Hawthorne CEO Justin Reeves who highlighted the importance of the partnership between Hawthorne and Box Hill saying Hawthorne and Box Hill have enjoyed a successful partnership for almost 20 years now, and it's an incredibly important relationship for both clubs. The alignment has seen both clubs achieve tremendous success together, and our relationship remains strong as we face one of the most difficult periods in our collective history. And uh, off the back of this, mate, when I was adding this to the rundown and just sort of went on a bit of a YouTube kick, I thought, oh, I might just watch some things again. Might might just watch some things from the 2000, 2018 VFL season. A bit of a flashback to the elimination final. You remember that? Box Hill, Port Melbourne, Ollie Hanrahan. That was ridiculous. What was it, three seconds he gathers and pops it through? We needed to rebound it with 25 seconds to go. And uh, it was a little toe poke from Braden Kilpatrick to find Ollie, who knew it was on. I mean, what what an amazing read of the play to, to just know, go hell-bent on just surging forward and getting into space. Because 
you just got to roll the dice. Don't don't attack the footy. Get into space where you can get the footy, where you can get the next kick. He read that so well. And uh, the game went into extra time off that goal with about three seconds left. Another five minutes at each end to decide the game and uh, Cousins and Jones bobbed up. And that was enough. We held uh, Port Melbourne at bay after that. And then in the grand final, we went along to uh, Etihad to watch the VFLW and then the VFL. Grand finals, won them both. Yes, one of the great days for the uh, for the Hawthorne brand in recent memory. Love that day. I'll always remember that fondly. Uh, especially that goal and neither, neither player with us anymore, but pitting it to uh, Lovell. Oof, the tap down, the surge forward, the goal to win the game effectively. Oh, beautiful stuff. Yeah, it was a good day. And premierships are made through that kind of stuff. You know, we've, we did it in uh, the early 2000s which eventually came through in 2008. We made some grand finals in between there in the three-peat, so it's very important for our player development. I guess it's time that we return to the present now. We do have a game this week on Sunday at 1.05pm. It's uh, at Metricon Stadium, St Kilda hosting Hawthorne. Now, Tiz, as a Hawthorne supporter, what are you hoping to see here? In terms of what I'll be looking for, I'll probably be looking for individual efforts and contests. There seems to be a lack of team cohesion, so you've got to look for the players that are putting their hand up for the ball, who are competing, who are competing honestly, um, and also every now every now and again you need to look out for the players that are doing the best for their closest teammates. So they might be shepherding all the little things that tend to fall away when a team is playing badly. That's they get they get extra points for doing those kind of things. It's really the um blink one eight two philosophy of Australian rules football. It's all the small things, Tiz. Yeah, it is, but uh also at times like this, the guys that finish and kick a goal uh under this kind of pressure, that's that's something I highly value and that's why Jack has been very good this year and should be rewarded. What is the likelihood of a win here? Are the Saints gettable? I know they're coming off the bye. I mean, they're not. They're not. Uh, and no one is untouchable this year, but our form doesn't seem to show that we could be any threat to them. And um, Ratton will know exactly what we're trying to be doing. So he'll uh, look to neuter our best offensive weapons. They've had, they've had a decent year, but they've had weeks where they look absolutely awful. So we might be lucky. That's why I wonder, mate. I just have a sneaky suspicion it might be a better contest than people are expecting. I know it's easy to be down on Hawthorne after the game we just saw, but wouldn't be too shocked if we uh, made a good goal of it. In terms of my expectations, yeah, I, I just want the effort to be there. I, I want them to be switched on and play out the year like they know that they should be. Uh, really give it a red-hot crack. And in terms of selection, um, I, I just want a debut. I want one new face. That's my very... Well, to me, it seems like an incredibly low bar to clear. I just want one debutante, thanks. Oh, any in particular, Nick, or just one? <laughs> Look, it's no secret that I want Finn, but I'll take anyone at this point. That folder's getting very full, you know. All those... Finn gifts and... Yeah, look, I, I've got something up my sleeve for when he's announced, so... I really don't want to hang on to it till season 2021, so if Hawthorne could just name him and we could just get it out of the way. Now, look, they have to be mindful that, you know, you don't give the kid a messiah complex, all right? We're not Carlton. <laughs> We're not Melbourne either. We don't want a Jack Watts moment. No, I know. It's just that I sense in what's been a, a dreary and somewhat wearying year for Hawks fans that this is something for them to get excited about, so... I won't give away what I have up my sleeve for it, but um, I'm going to tap into the hype and the uh, the outrageous fever pitch anticipation for Finn McGuinness. You can look forward to that on our socials. Speaking of socials, we had some very encouraging messages through the week as, uh, you know, it becomes harder the more as the losses mount up. <laughs> yeah, we, we were pleased to um, see that we had a number of glowing reviews on Apple Podcasts and yeah, we read every single one, and it means so much to us that people would take the time out of their day to write such kind words, and we'll read a few of them now. We heard from Mooney Lurks, who said, I look forward to listening to this podcast each week. Nick and Tiz give a real down-to-earth, honest, and relatable review of our great club. Keep up the fantastic work, guys. I love the show. That was a five-star review, Tiz. Richo-WTF says, if this review gets you closer to getting Jeff on, then I'm all for it. 
Great pod from two Hawks tragics, entertaining, insightful and educational. A must for all Hawks fans. That's very kind of Richo WTF. That's another five stars. And we've gone the three-peat here, listeners, so thanks for indulging us. Uh, our last review comes courtesy of Lee Hawks. My favourite podcast to listen to. I'm so glad I found this a couple of months ago. I love the Twitter interaction before, after and during the games. It's a great Hawthorne community to feel a part of. It has especially been good to have this in 2020 to replace the banter missed from being unable to go to the games at the MCG this year. Great work, guys. We really appreciate all your efforts. That's another five stars there too. That's beautiful. I love that one because I'm missing the G. Yeah, I can empathise with that. And uh, next year we're going to be there a lot more apparently. <laughs> oh, you sweet, naive young thing. Well, hang on. We get a really good fixture because we're going to finish in the bottoms. And then the AFL announced that um, in lieu of the MCG not hosting as many games, we're going to play there more often, right? I mean, in theory, that's how it should work. But uh, look... We'll just wait and see what happens. I have a sneaky suspicion how that one might pan out, but uh, look, I'm really missing the MCG, and uh, I look forward to getting back there eventually. Uh, the community that uh, that Lee Hawks spoke of uh, is over on Twitter, first of all, at HawkTalkPod. We ache together on Twitter when we lose, and we celebrate together when we win, and we're very fortunate to have this great community online. We very much value that. Uh, Facebook, the exact same thing applies. A great community over there, so we thank you very much for for being on there, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod is where to find that one. And patreon.com slash hawktalkpod is our Patreon page, where if you if you really do love the show and you want to support it and keep it going, you can fling us a little bit of cash. Could be $1, could be 2 5 Have a look at the options. Jump on, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. And I noticed a couple of Patreons have uh, saved a bit of cash, gone for the 12-month subscription. Have they really? Well, that is awfully kind, and uh, we'll, we'll reach out to them and send them a message thanking them for that, for committing for the year. Um, That's awesome. So Sunday, all us Victorians, obviously fully committed to watching the football, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a a busy day, that one, (laughs) for us Vicks. Um, I I hope we can get some sort of uh, scrap of freedom. I hope that maybe we might be able to record this podcast in person eventually, Tiz. It's been a while. Oh, it has been, hasn't it? We've done this remotely virtually the entire year. That's been a unique challenge. Yeah, days were when we go and have a pint and, a, and something to eat before we uh, worked out what we were going to talk about just on the fly and then turn up and totally forget what we'd written down at the pub. <laughs> Do you remember that time we uh, we sat next to Gorn and Fitzy at the pub and we tried to listen to what they were talking about, seeing if Fitzy was trying to get Gorn across to Hawthorne. No need, mate. There's only one ruckman that needs to kick it out of the centre for a goal against Collingwood. You don't need two. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good place to end it. In fact, right after this, I'm going to jump on Twitter, onto Jack Fitzpatrick's Twitter account, because I know he hosts it. He hosts the clip every couple of days. I know. So I'll find it. The funny thing about that moment is most of the stadium had the exact same expression. (laughs) Well, that that seals it. I have to look it up now. I encourage listeners to do the same. This has been the Hawk Talk Podcast. We'll catch you after the Saints game. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.